Support for this podcast comes from PayPal. Small business owner, PayPal QR codes are the safe and easy payment option. It's all the security PayPal is known for online, in person. Cash only, QR codes allow you to accept credit or debit with everyday low fees. No additional hardware or software needed. Use the app to generate your unique QR code. Customers scan your code with their PayPal app to pay you. Learn more at paypal.com slash us slash get QR code. This is episode number 71 with our guest, Whitney Vosberg. Welcome to the Hidden Entrepreneur Show. My name is Josh Carey. You want in on a little secret? I was in hiding for 40 years. Yeah, I was hiding every part of myself in every situation. And I can tell you one thing, hiding sucks. I'm now on a mission to help extraordinary people like yourself rediscover the world around you, connect beautifully with others, and excel tremendously in all you set out to do. Join in. It's The Hidden Entrepreneur Show. Hey there, guys. Thanks for joining us. You're tuned right into The Hidden Entrepreneur Show. I am your host, Josh Carey. Our guest today is co-author of the book, Work the Future Today, an Amazon number one new release in category, and is about the old story of profit first coming to an end, and it must be replaced by the new story of purpose first, if we are to prosper. The old triple bottom line of profit, people, planet is transitioning into the new bottom line of planet, people, profit. Why? It's very simple. No planet, no people. And no people, no profit. As there is no time like now, the book provides three sequential steps to follow your path into the new story and to achieve this transition successfully. One, purpose, the why of our lives and the unique gifts we have to offer. Number two is place with whom and where to best share those gifts. Number three, practice how and when to best share those gifts. I can't wait to dig into this and to help us dig away. It's our guest, Whitney Vosberg. How are you, Whitney? I'm very well, Josh. Pleasure to be here. Thank you. Thank you so much for joining us. So I... I love this book for so many reasons. It just it just speaks to everything that, especially in my current day-to-day, in my current brand, in my current work, I'm, I'm just all about. One of the great big pull quotes you have in the book says, the future depends on what you do today. And not only that, the title of the book is Work the Future Today. I love that. Is, is that sort of the, the overriding theme of what it's all about? Yes. Since we all mostly unintentionally co-create the future today, right now, and now, and now, yes. that's, it is what it is without judgment. But imagine how much more beautiful and powerful the world and our daily existence would be if we were intentionally co-creating the future right now, today, now, and now, and now. 
What does that mean intentionally versus not doing that? A, it's, here's the difference. Doing things unintentionally is like driving a car with no map, no GPS, and you're blindfolded. You'll go somewhere, but you probably won't want to go there and you won't like how it ends. Mm. Being intentional is like having a North Star that provides us not only with a sense of direction, but an actual life path, a work path, so that we know why we're here, how do we do that best each and every moment? Is this in part about first knowing what you want? You, it, that's close to it. You have to first know what your why is, your purpose, your calling, mm. your unique gift. Why are you here on this planet right here and now? One of the things you said was that um, we are co-creating all of this together. What does that, what does that mean to co-create really? We're all, as human beings, the sum of all the decisions that we have made. Love it. So we're constantly and continually deciding yes, maybe, no. But even maybe is a decision. So that you have one person doing that and you have two people and three and millions and billions. So there is a whole series of overlapping, interconnected decision-making matrices. They're just people making decisions left and right all over the place. And that shapes our daily existence. So basically what I do or don't do, both are a choice, affects you in some way. It, it, we, we are, since we're all interconnected, we all affect each other's existence moment to moment, year to year, decade to decade, so on, far yeah. into the future. Yeah, I so love, we, no, go ahead. We all share at the end of the day, the same destiny. Because we only have one planet and, and, and good planets are hard to find. Wow. I love how, um, how when I said, is this about knowing what you want? You said, yeah, part of it, but first we have to know our why, the purpose. Walk us through that. How in the world do we even begin to discover that? for ourselves as entrepreneurs, as business people, as people. Kill your television set, switch off your social media devices. Spend more time with yourself in quiet situations. Get intimate with yourself. Stop being a stranger to yourself. Because at the end of the day, if you don't care, care of yourselves, if you don't take care of yourself, you can't take care of others. It's like being in an airplane. They always say, all right, mom and dad, put the air mask on first so that you can then put it on your kid. Mm -hmm. It's the same way. Everything that's worth doing and having starts inside. It's an inside job. So mm -hmm. we're so, so many of us are human doings, human havings. But what's so more, much more important is, is to be a human being to being exist in the only thing that exists, which is the here and now. And 
the internal reality is so much greater, far, far more magical and profound than the external environment. Mm. We have no control over others, but we do have control over ourselves. We have to make a series of choices. Tag, I am it. I am my own leader. I'm going to be the leader that I wish I always had, but never will. I'm going to get to know myself. I'm going to slow down. I'm going to turn down the volume on the monkey mind and start listening that which lies beyond the ego mind to deep inside ourselves, inside myself, to listen to my soul, the mm. yearnings of my soul, my life spirit, my chi, prana, whatever you want to call it. Because all the answers, the riches are deep inside us. By the time we're 35, we, most of us are complete human beings. We're adults. But all too many of us don't act as adults. Yes, guilty for many years, even past 35, certainly. Uh, <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, I can admittedly, speak, yeah. speak from personal experience. Yeah. Uh, the thing is that the, the definition of a true adult is to take total, utter responsibility for yourself, for your personal development, for your internal life. Yes. For developing your life, for developing a life path, a life vision based on your purpose, your why, your calling, your unique gift to others. Yeah, I, I entered this year, you know, at the new year, we, we go through certain things and I'm certainly not one for uh, resolutions per se, but something that I wanted to carry with me this very year that just came about at the start of the year was the word mature. Mm -hmm. And I was attracted to that. And I said, yeah, I have to embrace that word even more. Admittedly, I was very immature in a variety of ways. Much of my life that was holding me back. That was the impediment. That was, like you said, I was ignoring all of my capability, my skill, my talent, my purpose. I was suppressing that, pushing it away in exchange for you know, showing up as the insecure version, the needy version, trying to appease others and gain approval from others, all of that. So I had that going on. And, you know, that's why working through all that through this brand and this current iteration of who I am and where I am today, that word, I said, mature. They, I, I, love, I love the variety of definitions and the ideas that that uh, holds. And I said, that's, that's really what I have to take with me in every regard. Be mature. Yeah. Being mature is coming to a certain point in life for, for most folks it happens somewhere between 35 and 45. I'm right there under the wire then. Perfect. Okay. It happened to me. It happens to many other people in that we're not going to live forever. Go ahead. And that at some point, what's deemed success is irrelevant because personal success is the only success. And what is success to one person is not to somebody else. One person's candy is another person's poison. <laughs> 
So true. I, I love the whole idea of uh, personal success and um, all of that. You, you also touched upon a few minutes ago, the idea of um, human, human doings. And I know that you have a section in the book, This Into That, where you talk about human doings, human beings, and then human becomings. What is that theory? Well, everything, no, I wouldn't say everything, but many things uh, can be boiled down to a, tr to a triad. That, that's that relationship of, of threes. In other words, everything in life is a continuous shift, transition, forever changing. So things are turning from this into that. So that's the, that's the triple sequence, this into that. So many of us who have our creature comforts secure in terms of food, shelter, healthcare, and education, clothing, is the quest for meaning, for belonging, for connection, for being of service, of making a difference, leaving behind a legacy, mm. our why. So typically when we're younger, or immature, immaturity can be throughout life. Right. It's not a number, mm -hmm. it's a state of mind and a state of heart, is that we're human doings, you know, do, 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 work, 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 have, 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 and that we are human havings, where we are in pursuit of ever more stuff. But stuff is not the stuff of life, and stuff owns us, not vice versa. So we just have to think about Oh, that's only $800 or $8,000 or $800,000. The question is, how much time do you have to work in order to pay for that? And what's the total cost of ownership for that stuff? And it's, it's not just the time that you put into it in terms of I work X, I earn Y, I pay Z for that, but so this cost of acquisition, maintenance, security, insurance, maintenance, cleaning, worry, ownership. So it, it really becomes the point where after a certain point, more stuff is more misery, not more happiness. Hmm. So it, it, Americans are more often not highly acquisitive and they find part of success through their stuff. It's changing now with younger generations. Some for because they prefer it that way, that and beyond that, some of it's just because they have such massive student debt. So that we're going from human doings being defined by our work. And the future work is for many is not working, at least not as it's been traditionally done for decades and hundreds of years. And it's that transition from human doing, human having to human being, stopping, doing less, showing up more mm. for oneself, being present to what is deep inside us, where all our true wealth is, and then to start acting upon that, realizing our gift, sharing that gift, finding with whom we best share it with, our community, our workforce, work team, whoever, 
and then how best to share it. It, it becomes a practice, just like meditation is a practice. Can you give us a, um, a real example using yourself? What is your purpose, your why? My why is to help others find and share their why. And when, when were you able to come upon that? Was it recently or was it many, many years ago? Ever since I was a child, I've always been an outsider looking in because I lived in many different countries, different cultures, different languages. I was always an outsider. Mm. So I developed this outsider perspective, which is why I worked as a consultant for most of my working career. It, but even as a kid, I was always asking why and why oh, not. Really? And then over time, I realized, hey, I can make a good living at asking why and why not. That's fascinating. Um, I want to connect some of those dots. Uh, go um, take us back there to your childhood and upbringing. Paint that picture for us. What was life like for Whitney growing up as a young child? forever changing. I learned at a very young age that life is always changing. Never the same, never be repeated. Mm -hmm. There are certain trends and patterns that you can see throughout. You look for the common thread, but the details of it are always forever changing. So we have a choice. We can either embrace change because that's what there is, or we can go into denial. It's a lot easier to go with the flow than to go against the flow. Hmm. So what was it like? You were, um, I know you were telling me that uh, you, with your family, had to travel and move a lot. Is that what was literally changing? Yes, in that my father worked for an airline, so we went from the US to Japan to Holland, where my mom's from, hmm. to England. So I spent 14 out of my first 20 years uh, abroad. And so it went from one religion, one culture, one language, one belief system to another, to another, to another. Mm. So from a very young age, I viscerally, intuitively understood that although people on the surface are very different, at, at heart, we're all the same. We all want the same thing. How it manifests, how it's experienced is very different. And that's what makes the world go around uh, in being in such a rich, diverse place. But we're all, you know, it, and yet again, it it's, it's, comes down to two things, embracing change and embracing paradox. We're all unique because we all have unique gifts to share and that makes us the same. So we're different and the same simultaneously. I love, I love the word paradox. Uh, there's just so much to it. And I love the awareness that it exists and to, to embrace that element of life. Did you as a child, or, you know, you said the first 14 um, of 20 years of your life, you were, you were living abroad, you were traveling. Um, how did you... I don't, I don't know if cope is the right word, but how did you get through the days trying to make sense of it all? It was a challenge. Yeah. It, it, it was both a gift and a curse. 
which provided a, a, a challenge uh, and a uh, <laughs> grist for my mill. You know, it, it, without irritation, there's no pearl, there's just an oyster. So you need something that irritates, that rubs you mm. um, the wrong way, that provides growth opportunity. That's the point, isn't it? You, we all experience that resistance, that pain, but then it's how we use it or don't use it, what direction we then flow from it, right? More of the paradox. Yes, and, and, and every problem is an opportunity. Every opportunity is a problem. Hmm. So it, as... As this child and young adult now trying to see your near future or your future future, um, what did you have your eyes on in terms of career and what you wanted to focus on going forward? When I was a young person into young adulthood, onto the onset of middle age, I was a rebel without a cause. Really? I was against many things, which now looking back are manifesting now in terms of all things that are, we're experiencing um, on individual level and on organizational level and a societal level um, in, in terms of knowing that the system wasn't working properly and was coming, was failing and was coming to an end. But I didn't, I wasn't able to intellectualize and verbalize that as a young person. I just knew that what I was experiencing didn't make sense. It wasn't healthy. So as I transitioned into middle age, I asked myself, okay, you know what you're against, but what are you for? And that was where my life started transitioning to saying no to saying yes. What was the answer to that question? What are you for? At what that am point? I for? It's everything I've written in the book and more. In other words, it's the transition from me to we yes. to us. Yes. From ego to eco. From profit a purpose. So you also talk about the planet as a very integral part of all this. Is that as literal as it sounds to, to just take care of our planet in the way we hear we should take care of it? Capitalism has, has taken us far, but it's not going to take us any further because it's based on extraction and exploitation. So it we wouldn't be having this conversation without capitalism. It's technology, the healthcare, the modern comforts of life, but we only need so much. Beyond that, it it's, takes away from what's truly important. This, heart-to-heart -heart transmission, communication, exchanging of transformative experience through stories. This is what human beings are all about. So we have this transition from what was to what will be and is becoming. And it's about the shift from going from the head 
to the heart. We started with the heart, we went to our head, and we lost our way. Why? For hundreds of thousands of years, we were part of nature, inseparable. When we became apart from nature, we lost the head-heart connection. And so we thought we were the lords of the earth and that we were above it all and we could do it with it with what we will. Now it's coming to come back and bite us in the butt. And we now have a choice, destruction, creation, fear or love, denial or responsibility. Are we going to grow up and become the people we are meant to be or not? I'd love to hear your take on the word failure. What's your relationship with the word failure? The greatest risk is not taking the risk that you should have taken. That's my definition of failure. Mm. How has it shown up in your life? When I was a young man, I did not listen to my gut, to my intuition. And it got me into a lot of trouble. So moving into middle age and beyond, I have learned to implicitly listen to my gut. Wow. Can you, can you share a story of early on not listening to your gut? I would uh, take jobs. I found it very easy to talk myself into jobs I was ill-suited for, mm. but I did not find it easy staying at those jobs because I was ill-suited. It was a bad, bad, uh, bad fit. Because in work, it's so important that this is your individual purpose, this is the organizational purpose, and they has to have some overlap. If there isn't, you're in the wrong job. Hmm. This, this brand, The Hidden Entrepreneur, was founded on the basis of fear because all of these years I was hiding behind my fear, using that as an excuse yes. for everything. Is there a time in your life you can specifically pinpoint where you were hiding behind fear and you knew you had to work through that? I grapple with it to this day. What we fear is not failure, it's greatness. What scares the living daylight out of most of us, not all, but most of us, is the fact that we have so much potential, such greatness within us. Are we going to live up to our potential or not? That's where the fear comes from not from fear of failure, of trying and not succeeding. Mm. Wow. Do you believe that everything happens for a reason? Yes and no. Yeah. We live in two realms. There's the human existence and there's the universal ex existence. So things happen for a reason on a human level, cause and effect. 
human laws of existence. But then there's the universal laws where it's very different. Are you spiritual or religious in any ways? I don't have a religious bone in my body because religions are tribal and they are a dilution or pollution of the original spiritual intent of the, the founders. But I'm very spiritual. I am a follower of the teachings of Jesus Christ, of Buddha, of Muhammad. But religions are like bureaucracies. They tend to get in the way of true direct transmission of the original intent of the founders. Was there a time in your life, either uh, younger or older, where, where you were around a religion? Uh, yes. Uh, my mother is a devout atheist. My father is religious, but not spiritual. Oh, wow. So the lights are on, but nobody's home. <laughs> wow. And your mom's a, de a devout atheist. Yes. When I told her that I, as an atheist, were going to, was going to divinity school, she became very angry. I said, but why? There's no God. The paradox. There's that word again. Yeah. And I said, of course there's God. We are God. God mm -hmm. is within. As G when Jesus said, was talked about the kingdom of heaven, it's inside us. Like everything else, it's inside us. So if I, if I heard this correctly, you... You're an atheist. I started as an atheist when I went to divinity school. Halfway through, I considered myself a pen, pantheist, a believer in all the wisdom of all the faith traditions. And then I left as a panentheist, which is a believer in Mother Earth as a singular living system and organism. Wow. I got to I got to look into that more. What's that word? Penentheist. Wow. I love that. Um this this whole idea, purpose, place, practice, work the future today. How do you spend your time today these days? In pursuit of ever better. I see. That's, um, wow, we should all, right? That should be the overriding theme. So it, it's, it's asking and attempting to answer the question of how can I become an ever better person? How can I show up as a higher expression of my higher self? That's an expression, wow. Yeah, there, there's, there's just so much to that. What do you believe happens when it's all over? when our time here on earth comes to an end. It's never over. We are energy fields within other larger energy fields and smaller energy fields. That's what I'm talking about, about human law and universal law. Universal law is that all is energy. We're just different vibrations. So we manifest, for, for instance, you know, we think, we're solid. We think the things around us are solid. Right. We're not. There's so much more 
air or space in between what seems to be solids, but then there's that much more space in between those solids in terms of atoms and protons and neutrons and quarks and so on and so forth. Uh, it, it's just that we're all energy fields at different vibrations. So what, so what seems to be is not. Go on. Well, in terms of the vast majority of us project what our internal experience on the world. So we see the world as we see it. I love it. Not see it as the world actually is. Let's say that again. We see the world as we see it. We do not see it as the world is. Hearing that phrase, I, I get the chills. It's literally chilling because there's so much truth to that. We see the world as we see it, not as it is. And is that just a matter of fact, or is, is that something we need to adjust? It's a universal truism. Mm-hmm. For instance, Richard Feynman, one of the greatest physicists of the 20th century, who worked on the, uh, in Alamo <clears throat> on the atomic bomb, was also an even greater metaphysicist. Al Albert Einstein was a great scientist, but he was a great, even greater philosopher and humanist. They both said in their own way that Al, uh, said that uh, imagination will take a lot further than anything else. Richard Feynman said, physics is important, metaphysics, the, <clears throat> the philosophy, the study of human existence and that of all existence is so much more greater, more interesting and more important than physics itself. Because if you have to think about this very deeply, is that Everything is BS. Everything we think, everything we feel is not real. It's projection. Everything is a belief system. And you should never believe everything you think or feel. Because it's not real. I love, I, I love what you said. Everything is BS. Everything is a projection. There's almost something so comforting in that when you realize that, and I don't think many realize that, we just make truth out of all this nonsense that we're believing of ourselves. Yes, it literally is nonsense. It makes mm. no sense. It makes sense in terms of our senses, uh, so that, but that's, that's a series of filters by which we experience the world. What we experience in our head in our heart and our gut is not real. It's just an internal reality, but it's not an external reality. What we see does not exist the way we experience it, what we feel, what we taste. It's a totally individual in the moment experience, but it's not real. It does not exist outside of ourselves. There there's so much to that because I'm like, I, I'm at a point in my life where I'm, I'm, I'm starting to get that, understand that, and really utilize that for my, my benefit, right? Because it is to our benefit, right? It's about 
stripping off one layer of illusion after another so that we get closer and closer to what actually is. Yeah, um, I, I love this. Jessica in the comments just wrote, mind is officially blown. And I feel the same way because there is something to that, really acknowledging what you said is, and, and I, I, I see that as, as my truth, where everything we're seeing, feeling, experiencing is not real, right? Yes. Is that, yeah. Let's and, go down that again, yeah. And, and right now, we have a series of overlapping global systemic failures. It's not business as usual. It's not life as usual. The changes we're undergoing right now are greater than all changes combined that has happened previously. This is the mega shift. The shift of what? That awareness? Well, you've tapped into something that's critical. Nothing of consequence will happen in a positive way in terms of misleaders, misleading institutions, lack of modeling, global climate change, depletion of natural resources, the ozone hole, so on and so forth. Only when there's going to be a global shift in consciousness will there be a global shift in other things. We currently have a choice, destruction or creation, fear or love, denial or responsibility being our own leaders. So our responsibility to contribute to this global consciousness is what? What is our personal responsibility? Take responsibility, be your own leader, and be part of the change that you would like to see and we need to have. Wrapping it up with this, again, this incredibly, as Jessica put it in the comments, mind-blowing idea that what we see, what we feel, what we um, acknowledge is, is not real outside of us, but we, we make it real, we, we, need, to, we need to shift is it about just becoming aware of that perspective and, and changing something about that? Or is it just about becoming aware and continuing down that path with that knowledge? If I had to sum it up, it's yeah. about making that longest journey but seldom taken of the 18 inches from head to heart. Hmm. To go from intellectual intelligence to emotional intelligence, to our gut, to our intuitive intelligence. We have brain tissue in our head, our heart, and our gut. So we need to align the three intelligences. It's like the mind-body-spirit continuum. We also have to be in alignment in terms of head, heart, and gut. Perfect. I will leave you with this final question. Whitney Vosberg, how would you like to be remembered? 
as the guy who asked why. I get it. I see it. I see the whole, the whole theme here. I love it from start to finish, sir. Thank you for joining us and for showing up and for opening up and sharing all of that mind blowing dialogue. Thank you. Well, thank you for the opportunity and asking great questions and having a great conversation. I absolutely love it. And thank you everybody for tuning in, whether it's on the live video broadcast or on the official podcast. I appreciate you. We're going to have another episode not too far behind for you. Until we do, thank you for tuning in and go get them. Thanks for listening to The Hidden Entrepreneur Show. Make sure to subscribe through iTunes or Google Play so you can get notified every time we publish a new episode. And we'd love to hear your thoughts with an honest review on iTunes. Finally, follow us on your favorite social media platforms to keep the conversation going with Josh Carey and today's guest. Until next time. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.